Blog Talk Radio. This is the Change Book Radio Show, global insight and inspiration from life and business. We're brought to you by the fastest growing personal development book series in the world titled The Change. And I'm your host and voice, Stacey Carnaluti, transformational leader and coach, international best-selling author, and founder of High Powered Success Academy and StaceyC.com, The Power to Be. Welcome to The Change. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wake Up Wednesday. I love this day. It's so awesome. And we have a really um, beautiful guest with us today. And she's a friend of mine. And um, it's just a delight to have Shannon Jamal with us today. So welcome to the show, Shannon. Are you there? I'm here. Thank you so much, Stacey. And that's such a great intro. I love your whole intro to the show. Excited to be here. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. All right. Um, Shannon just published a book and it's called Surrender. And I read every single page and I love it so much. It was just amazing. So I'm excited to dig into that. But there's so much um, that she uh, can bring to the table today. So let me introduce Shannon. She's the author of Surrender. She's a therapist turned coach. I love that. We get a lot of those on the show, as a matter of fact. Um, Also the founder (laughs) of Mind Body Complete, where you support women and guide them through resources and retreats that cultivate authenticity, purpose, and joy. And I love that. She's a passionate entrepreneur as well as a wife and a mother of four. So that's another thing you got going for you, girl. You got the whole election. (laughs) And you are just a warrior spirit. I love it. And you've overcome such um, just amazing things in your life. And you're really an inspiration to so many. So we are just thrilled to have you here today. So um, give us a fun fact today. Where are you at? What's going on in your life? A fun fact? Oh, my goodness. You (laughs) threw me off with that one. I, you know, let's see. And today, if you're asking me about a fun fact today, a fun fact is that I'm still waiting for my kitchen to be put together after oh four months God. of not having a kitchen. So I don't know how fun that oh, is, but oh. it's a fact of what I'm going through. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I got to, um, I got to see that kitchen burn down. You know, Shannon, she does everything. She lives very much um, like a full throttle life. If you want to talk about doers and action takers, um, I've never seen anybody that is so um, just lives life so full out. But anyways, you're making candles in the kitchen. So tell us about that. You make candles too. Well, I do that for fun and for gifts and just for my own simple pleasure. I just, it's just that's part of my want to be hippie spirit, I think, is that I love essential oil candles that I can kind of come up with recipes and throw some fresh herbs in there too and essential oils and soy wax and just, it's just fun. But I usually make them in the microwave. And so I decided to try one day to do more than one on the stove and that just went terribly wrong and so (laughs) the long story short of it is I burn my kitchen down but the fun fact about it is I get to get a new kitchen and I'm hoping it's like after four months of not having a kitchen I think I think next week is like they're actually starting the installation process um, because right now they're it's literally four empty walls of nothing but hey it's it's coming together and it was a it was a very much a learning and enlightening experience and I'm still going to make candles (laughs) 
right. This is what Shed and I are both committed to. We are all about this finding the lesson in everything, just absolute mm-hmm. lifelong learners, you know. There's just such um, enlightenment and empowerment. No matter what we're going through, we will triumph in and through all of it. And so I love that about you. So you mentioned this hippie yes. spirit. So let's talk a little bit about the wannabe hippie. What else What else about that wannabe hippie thing? What, what appeals to you about the hippie? about the hippie movement or the hippies? Yeah, so I call myself that, and that's not meant to be a politically incorrect statement so or to cause offense to anybody. It's just really mm-hmm. just kind of the spirit of, you know, the one love spirit or feeling connected to everyone and to connected to earth. And that really is, you know, the way I try to live. And then on top of that, I love little things like gardening or um, trying to live a little bit more of a simplistic life. Um, mm-hmm. it, but I, again, I'm, I'm the big hypocrite too, because, you know, my version of camping is in an RV. And so there's definitely some yeah. contrast going on from someone who maybe lives a true hippie lifestyle. Um, but I, I really do try to find ways to connect to earth and to connect to people from a more loving approach than anything else. And I think that's kind of what the, you know, hippie spirit is about. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So Shannon um, invited me a few years back to, I don't know how long ago it was, a couple years back. Um, she invited me to be a part of a mastermind. And at the time I had too many things going on, but then a couple of months later, some things fell off of my um, schedule. And I thought, you know, I need to be a part of that mastermind. And so I went ahead and, and bought, jumped on board and we met every Thursday at 4.30 a.m. And all of us yes. showed up. It, it's just, it really was amazing. It was the like no fluff. No fluff at all. One mm-hmm. hour and, mm-hmm. and people would just hang up like, you know, as soon as like 530 came, boom, they were out. And it was just yep. Yep. such an, an amazing. Um, it was an awesome, awesome season. And I have to say, even to this day, we are still so connected in in such a real way because we really did sacrifice like we really did put our life um, out there and we found the common denominators and the threads and, and ways that we could support and hold one another to um, accountability. And it was just an incredible thing. And so I just wanted to share that, that um, thank you for that. And thank you for the work that you're continuing to do in the world because you still are doing those masterminds. So I wanted to send the listeners over to mindbodycomplete.com. You can get on the waiting list for her next mastermind, which will start in February um, if you're interested in something like that, but there's nothing like it and you truly are an unstoppable woman and I love it oh my goodness I'm not gonna be able to walk out of my office because my head's gonna be so big thank you thank you (laughs) my masterminds are so much fun the collective energy of a mastermind is awesome and Stacey I mean just like you said even though you're the group that you were in we're not still an active mastermind group we all still collaborate and connect and call each right. other up or meet like i think you met with another mastermind group or member on like sunday or something yep. like that and so yep. um yeah it, it's such a powerful way to connect with other people with similar energy strategies um and right. just build something really amazing so yeah it's so, awesome yeah. so Thank awesome you. all right let's talk about the balance or the myth of balance <laughs> The myth. Oh my goodness. I'm like, what is this like work life balance for entrepreneurs, especially for women that are on a mission? I mean, we have vision, we have things that we know we're called to do, and we we tend to um that determination that's inside of us just can't really be stopped. And so when you're trying to figure this whole like marriage, family, work, you know, all of this, um, what have you learned about that? Well, I learned to stop trying to find the unicorn of balance. Like it genuinely is a, a, a unicorn. There really, mm-hmm. you know, balance is, 
is more, I like to use the word alignment, and that's seasonal. So, for instance, there might be seasons in our life, Stacey, especially as women, where we, we have no choice. We're running on less sleep. We have a newborn. We have a toddler. We have, um, you know, we're, we're maybe working out of the home or maybe working in the home. Maybe we're working both. You know, there's just different seasons based upon where we're at, and that alignment will look different. You may have to put more effort and energy at home versus outside the home, and there's times where you'll have more you know, ability to, to focus outside the home versus inside the home. Like Stacey, you're in a season where you've got grown up kids and then you've got one more that's kind of still uh, dependent on you, but very self-dependent at the same time because he's in mm-hmm. that stage that he's in. And mm-hmm. so this allows you really to do and put your energy and focus elsewhere. It doesn't mean that your kids are less important. It's just the season that you're in. Yeah. And so yeah. The alignment is going to look different at different times, and we have to give ourselves grace for that. We have to give mm-hmm. ourselves grace that if there becomes something in our family that requires us to pull back somewhere else, that that's just what it is. It's just it, it, it's it's a season, it's a time frame, and not to beat ourselves up and not to look for that. But I've spent this much time here. I've got to try to force this over here, and all we do is wrap ourselves up in guilt and shame, right. um, and that's not self-serving for anybody, and so mm-hmm. for my biggest thing, I just, is really just approach it with grace, and look at it as what it is, versus trying to tie so many different guilt or shameful thoughts to it, it's just, that's what it is at this time, is requiring this, and, mm-hmm. and buckle down and do that, and then be prepared for change, because that's happening too, Right. And so, yeah, I, I just feel like we beat ourselves up so much trying to find, quote, unquote, balance. There's mm-hmm. so many things out there, too, that will tell you, if you do this, you'll get more balance in your life. Maybe, but really, it's, it's just knowing that it's a season and look for the best alignment you can in that season. Yeah. And that's, Amen. And that's really that's so kind of what you got to do. Awesome. With no I'm sorry's, right? Unapologetically. Yeah. This is where I need to be today. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And that's so good that you pointed that out, Stacey, because we also spend a lot of our time apologizing for where we are and who we are, yeah. what we need to do. And that yeah. doesn't serve a good purpose for us either. You know, like Mm-mm. that's not, that's not the space that we want to be in. So yeah, I love that. Unapologetically own the season that you're in and align the best you can within that season. Yeah. I I mentioned the other day, like, what if you really were doing exactly what you were supposed to be doing and you were in the Mm -hmm. exact place that you were supposed to be in? What if everything Mm -hmm. was as it should be? And living with that kind of a perspective, just like there's just so much freedom in all of that, you know, so um, surrendering really to the moment, to the to the thing. That's so good. Um, Maria Ferrello, I think I said that right. I was watching a video from her the other day. For Leah, thank you. And I was watching a video from her the other day, and she was talking about purpose. And a lot of us, Stacey, and especially like the field that you and I are in, we're always, but everybody goes through this, we're always trying to like, what's my purpose? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, how did you find your purpose? And we're always trying to look at this grand door. I need to get all these certificates or I need to do this. I've got to get my purpose. And then we just get so wrapped up into what that is. And similar to balance. And the truth is, like my purpose, Stacey, is this moment. It's talking to you Mm -hmm. right here. And my purpose later is feeding my kids dinner. And my Mm -hmm. purpose after that is getting a good night's rest. Like Mm -hmm. purpose is the moment that you're in. It's what you're doing right now. It's, it's aligning with what gives you joy in that moment. And so there's just so much expectation wrapped up in purpose or balance, um, you know, that, that we forget that um, life is just not meant to be so rigid and so full of expectations and so full of demands and lack of grace. 
So yeah, I'm I'm with you 100%. So good. As you were talking, I thought purpose is presence. You know, we say power is mm-hmm. presence. Everything is present. In that present moment is when you're really connecting to the source of your supply. You're connecting to the moment. You're connecting to everything that is eternal and invisible. But it is life itself and and love and and everything powerful. So that's a really um, oh that's. So very important. It makes me just breathe deeper and, and slow down. <laughs> just yes. hearing it. Yes. <laughs> okay. So tell us why you wrote Surrender and how long did it take you to write it? How long have you been working on that? Oh, my. Um, so I wrote it for me and for you and for anybody who feels called <laughs> to it. I mean, that's generally like it sounds that sounds really vague and broad, but I, I wrote it to take, you know, a, a to give a glimpse to, to other people that this might be part of your story too. And that that doesn't mean you have to stay in this dark place. Cause I, I take people through some dark places um, that we hide inside of ourselves. Um, the length of time it took me was years and years because of my own dark places. You know, I started on, I would start on a manuscript and, and Stacey, I know you can appreciate some of this, but I'd start on a manuscript and then I'd talk myself out of it and it would just be put away. And then I'd start it or I'd start a new one or pull the old one out. I mean, literally this was like a, I couldn't tell you five or six year process maybe of doing this to myself. Um, And so until I finally buckled down and once I buckled down and let all this self doubt and negative talk, you know, kind of fall away and, and just really write the book for me and for whoever decides to read it and not for an ego place and not to be a bestseller and not to, you know, not to make it anything other than just sharing my story yeah, and hoping to connect to other like-minded people. Um, that process then took probably about, I don't know, a year or so. And that's just part of the writing process where you write, you edit, you write, you edit, it goes to an editor, goes to a publisher, like all that stuff. But, but the whole thing probably took about five or six years. Okay. And who, and you said it's for anybody who needs it. <laughs> Did you have yeah, a person really in for mind someone- or- did you, you know, I, I, or... I do the same. I do. Yeah, Sorry. mine. I really do. Okay. Okay. Only because, because I, in my head, it was more like, I want to connect to other people, probably primarily women, although I've had lots of male readers who've given me great feedback, yeah. but um, who has allowed limiting beliefs and fears and, and criticism and gossip and judgment and just the darker side of our human experience to hold them back from living a purpose-filled life. And so if anybody connects with that, if anybody connects with feeling like they're holding themselves back or they're allowing their past to hold themselves back or they're allowing um, stories to hold them back or they're living in a space of ego and judgment, if, if anybody connects to that, then this book is for them. Mm-hmm. And my goal is to take people from those spaces and not to put guilt and shame around those spaces, but to work through them and to come out the other end in a more fulfilled and loving space that allows them to step fully into their power and feel good about wherever they are without feeling like it has to be necessarily different. This isn't about saying, Oh, I'm going to take you from the space of, of, um, you know, lack. And all of a sudden you're going to have millions of dollars. That's not what it is. This is taking you from a space of lack of mindset into a more abundant and powerful mindset. And that may or may not equate to, you know, a change in circumstances. Mm -hmm. That's so good. You broke the book up into four parts, and I love just the way it's organized. It's surrender, trust, align, and choose love. And each one of those parts has 
smaller sub like chapters. And it was just such a fun, easy, um, awesome read. And your personal stories were so honest and brave and um, courageous. And I, I remember when you've published it, you, you know, it was like such a vulnerable place for you. It was so scary. And you really did open up your heart to share these places with people. And I mean, that's what's so beautiful is that all the, the pieces of our puzzle, the, the, the pieces of our story or whatever, uh, all of it can be redeemed. All of it can be filled with such light um, and, and, and be delivered in, in such powerful ways to bless people. And I just felt that, you know, as I went through it, I, I was just um, so touched by all of it. It was just, incredible how do you design define excuse me define the word surrender like ultimately after all this um what would you say it is stop resisting it's really just stop resisting like we put so much resistance and and resistance can look like different things resistance could look like unmet expectations resistance could look like um our 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 judgments, resistance could look like, you know, fighting with our spouse about who they are or should be. I mean, resistance could look like a lot of things. And it's really just stop resisting and live in a more place of ease, you know, a mm-hmm. place of trust, a place mm-hmm. of faith, a place of um, allowing, right, rather than fighting and resisting. And, and, yeah. and really, I feel like, Stacey, a lot of us day to day, we're just fighting and resisting everything. <laughs> you know, we're at a stoplight and we're, we're mad because the stoplight's not green, you know, it's red instead of green. Or we're, you know, going to the grocery store and we're mad because someone didn't put their cart away. I mean, we're always looking for reasons to be upset or to resist or to fight. Um, and, and I'm generalizing, which is not fair, but that's that's kind of the space that we feel like we might be in in a lot. And so it's it's to surrender from that. It's to stop resisting. That's so hilarious. I mean, just talking about it out loud <laughs> is is so funny. I have to be careful about laughing on the mic. I have to um, keep my I, I do that. <laughs> but anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the resistance is what causes pain in our life. When, you know, when we came to mm-hmm. that truth that the pain in our life is nothing more than resistance. And you can, you know, you can look at working out um, when you build up mm-hmm. lactic acid. It's, it's the resistance that will cause that um, mm-hmm. lactic acid to build up and that pain to come in. And, you know, we can use it for good to make us stronger and stuff like that. But, but we get to be in charge. You know, do I want resistance in my life to make me stronger? Great. Let me call the shots. But otherwise, um, the resistance, if it doesn't have a purpose and we haven't initiated it, then it's just causing pain for the purpose of pain. And that is what is so extremely sabotaging. So I love that. Totally. Totally. I think a lot of times we we go through life self-sabotaging. We live in this very victim-based mindset. And I speak from my own truth. So this isn't Mm -hmm. meant to be a judgment on everybody else. This is my own truth is, is, is as we go through life and when we don't obtain whatever expectations we've set, we're looking for a place of blame and we're usually pointing outside of ourselves to do that. Mm-hmm. And that, that in itself causes resistance, right? Because I'm saying, oh, it's because of my boss or it's because of my spouse or it's because of my parents or it's because of my upbringing. It's because of the color of my skin. It's because of my religion. It's because of the government. It, you know what I'm saying? I could go on and on and on. We're constantly yeah. pointing outside of ourselves as to why we don't have X, Y, Z. 
which that in itself, I mean, we're placing our own happiness on an external factor. And you and I both know that whenever you do that, I mean, you're setting yourself up for unhappiness. And so, yeah, this victim mindset can really, I mean, if, if there's nothing else that I would want someone to really take from my book or from what the work that I do is to start looking internally for why things are the way they are, because that's where your control is. I can't control the government. I mean, I can participate in some ways, but the truth is, is that I can't control what the government does on a day-to-day, month-to-month, annual basis. I also can't control what you do, Stacey. I can't control what my husband does. I can't control what the weather is going to do. You know, most things are outside of my control, but I can control my response and I can control how I feel about it. And I can control my perspective. And that, Stacey, is everything. Like that's everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That is it right there. That That's the empowerment that we're talking about, understanding that you are mm-hmm. not victim or dependent upon anything, but you get to choose how you're going to live this life. You're going to choose the experience that you want to have. You know, waking up in the morning, how do I want to feel? What experience do I want to mm-hmm. have today? We really do get to choose that. And that is the most exciting work to do in the world, I believe, is. is to give people that power back because we're wired for that power, right? We're not supposed to be um, living without it. We're, we're, we're wired yeah. to live a powerful life. Amen. So, so the very first step to change is surrendering to truth, really, is what you're saying. I mean, there are mm-hmm. some truths about mm-hmm. you are supposed to be living with power. You are supposed to be feeling like you have um, some choices to make in the matter. And that's the beginning of change. So change is yes. absolutely impossible apart from surrendering, apart from a willingness to throw up your hands and say, okay, I give. I'm open to the possibility <laughs> of something right. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> exactly. So good. Let's talk about um, on page 136 in your book. It's the universal truths to choose love. So in the the end of the book is all about choosing love, and this is what um, this is the power right here. You know, if we can choose mm-hmm. love, we can choose life and blessing in every moment. Um, we are living an extremely powerful, happy, fulfilling life. So um, the first thing you say is release expectations for people to react or respond to you in a certain way. Talk a little bit about that. Man, I think if you didn't meet and if you didn't do anything else, this one right here, uh, I mean, let's, let's break it down even personal, Stacey. I'm sure you have expectations of how your husband should, should react to something you say, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, and I choose our spouses only because that's someone that we interact with the most, probably other than anyone else. And when they don't react a certain way, you automatically can get defensive or angry or hurt or, you know, bitter, whatever may be the case, because we had an expectation for them to react a certain way. That's normal. It's part of the human experience. However, if we can get to a space where we release that expectation and just, just allow, just allow whatever it is to happen to happen and to choose your perspective on that and to choose your response wisely to that, um, you have truly released so much angst and anxiety and frustration from your life. It's unbelievable. And it's a gift to yourself to do this. You know, yeah. when I work with clients, a lot of times they're like, well, Shannon, you're basically telling me to lay down for someone to walk all over me. Uh, first of all, no, that is not the case at all. That doesn't allow someone to be mean to you or rude or hateful or abusive or any of that. What I'm doing is providing or helping really you to, for you to do this yourself is to provide you a gift to yourself. 
by you releasing expectations of someone else, that's for you, right? That's not just, you know, for them, that's for you. And so, you know, getting into that space, it's a practice. It's definitely a practice to release that expectation of other people. But once you start that practice and once you really ease into it and allow things to happen and then work on your response, um, your perspective, it is such a gift. Yeah, that's so good. One of the um, things that I would use in practicing this years ago um, with my husband, when I would get a response that I wasn't expecting, I would say it out loud like, oh, that that's an interesting response. I wasn't expecting that. Like sometimes saying it out loud, you know, not personalizing that, it, a, just being honest. <laughs> wow. Why but you know, that's, that's so beautiful. Yeah. That's so beautiful because you – just use one of the number one things that I would do, like say in couples therapy is eye language. So you didn't come out and say, you know, you were such an a-hole or whatever, right? right? Right. You said, wow, that's such an interesting response. I wasn't expecting that. Can you Mm -hmm. help me understand this? You know, versus again, that's the you language versus I language. And so that's a beautiful way to allow whatever it was that he said, but to respond in the most loving way possible so that you're not giving up who you are, but you're also not right away coming back with a, you know, an attack based on your expectations. Yeah. So that was beautiful. Yeah. So good. I'm one of the type that freezes, you know, how, when you have that, um, we have that fight or flight or freeze <laughs> response mm-hmm. when we get triggered. And I'm the freezer, you know, I'm the one that like emotionally shuts down. So I've had to really practice feeling my way through life and giving me um, that power, you know, walking in that power again. So for me, having to say it out loud and put my eye statement, you know, before anything else is so empowering and it's so fun and it really does keep the relationship going. So now we're committed to the connection rather than committing to the disconnect. And that was such a big thing for both of us. Okay. Here's the next part. I love this. Meet people where they are on their journey without correcting them, condemning them or judging them. You're just kind of accepting that this is where they're at. So share a little bit about that. Yeah. It kind of goes hand in hand with the first one a little bit. So a lot of times an example would be, you know, we have teenagers And sometimes parenting teenagers, we start to parent them as if they're our 40, 50, 60-year-old self. (laughs) You know, we start to put our expectations of how they should think onto them, and we're not meeting them at their teenage mind, which is not fully developed, right? I mean, a teenage brain, even like the science behind it, their brain, their prefrontal cortex is not there yet. Like, they're not going to make sound decisions all the time, and they're not going to say things that make sense, and they're going to be in this whole other space of what? are you an alien? You know, like that's just part of the teenage experience. Yet we parent them sometimes as if they should be thinking like us. It's the same thing with anybody we interact with. Stacey, if I interact with you and you say or do something and I'm say offended or I'm hurt or it upsets me in some way, it's usually because I'm expecting you to say or do or react the way I would. Well, that's not mm-hmm. meeting you where you're at. That's, that's meeting you where I think you should be, you know, and that's yeah. not a fair, that's just not a fair interaction, um, although I don't like using fair, but that's just not a true connection. Yeah. A true yeah. connection is meeting people wherever they are, which is going to look so different from where we are. Yeah. And that doesn't mean, Stacey, that if you happen to be in a space of um, maybe acting hateful or being just in the space of pain and frustration. And so you attack, you're attackful or you're this, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I have to meet you there and stay there. 
That means mm-hmm. I understand that you're in this space. I don't want to be a part of this space, so I'm going to step away and send you love from a distance. Yeah. Um, that's all that means. So, you know, yeah. just meeting people where they are without expecting them to be who you are. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Gary Z. Um, Zukoff said, and you wrote this in the book, eventually you will come to realize that love heals everything and love is all mm-hmm. there is. And that's, that's mm-hmm. the bottom line. What does love mm-hmm. look like right now in this moment? Love sees people, love hears people, love, love seeks to know and understand people. Love is moved by compassion and led by compassion. And when we personalize things, um, we are just way far out of love. We're in a place of illusion. We're in a place of, you know, making up stories and, and um, all in that fear mm-hmm. place. That's this nasty, mm-hmm. nothing. Nothing good comes from that. Yes. Realize that you cannot choose love in your own power alone because your ego is preventing it. So you're aligning with your inner guidance spirit, asking it to choose love for you when you are unable. This is a really important one because I think sometimes there's a passage in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13 is like the love you know, chapter, and it tells us mm-hmm. what love is. I think a lot of people read that as if it's like a to-do list, like I should love in this way. And whenever I go through that chapter with my clients, I always stop and go, no, this is the love I want you to receive. I want you to close your eyes right now and receive this kind of love. Don't worry about giving it out. Just every day receive true, eternal, unfailing, powerful love. And if we're open to receiving that, then we're going to have it to give. It's going to flow through us naturally. And I think that that is um, such an important point that you bring up. You can't do this by yourself. So tell me how you've had experiences with this one. Yeah. So it's going to obviously look different for everybody because this isn't, for me, I I really do meet everybody where they are in their spiritual or religious journey. And Mm -hmm. so their inner guide or their inner spirit uh, maybe they title it God, you know, they might title mm-hmm. it something else. It doesn't, to me, that's, that's irrelevant in, in my purpose or my conversation. It's right. more just, just knowing that sometimes our human experience can get in the way. The ego, our, our past hurts, our inner judgments, like those things can sometimes get in the way that doesn't allow us to always choose the most loving response. And that's when you really just want to, put a pause on whatever your response or reaction or thought was going to be and tune in and tuning in could be prayer. Tuning in could be meditating. Tuning in could just be silence and listen. Like what is being said and asking yourself, why do I want to respond this way? Um, which is great in any situation, like with our spouses or with our coworkers or with a stranger, like, why am I wanting to, to do this? Why am I wanting to respond this way? Why am I wanting to say or do this? And so, you know, just knowing that sometimes, we alone cannot make the most loving decision. Sometimes we have to tune into something else. Sometimes we have to tune into silence. We have to tune into meditation or prayer, tune into our spirit, whatever that looks like. And I do believe it does look different for everybody, not okay. for everybody, but for people in general. Sure. Yeah. Tune, we all tuning into, yeah, we all do it differently. Yeah. Okay. So it's mostly just noticing when you're in that reactive state and pushing pause. Like hold up. Yeah, hold it up. is. Yeah. It okay. is. Got it. And Got being it. okay yeah. with that. And and being okay yeah. with the fact that sometimes we do have to, you know, we we can't we can't just say, Okay, I can do this all by myself and if I especially when we're in seasons of life that are just 
maybe more overwhelming than others. And so yeah. we're in that really that season of, or that space of just feeling overwhelmed or feeling stressed and anxious and just um, maybe even broken, right? We might feel broken mm-hmm. or, or whatever may be the case, that, that we are just not of the right mindset to choose love. And we've yeah. really got to have help. And that help yeah. might look like um, talking to God. That help might look like um, releasing it to something else bigger than us. Like it just mm-hmm. sometimes that's something that we have to be aware of and be okay with and, and offer ourselves grace because we as humans want to be the one in power all the time, right? We mm-hmm. want to say it's, it's all, it's, even though we want to be a victim to the world, we also want to say at the same time, I know best, yeah. right? Yeah. And we don't always know best because we're speaking from a place that's um, maybe a little bit broken or hurt or stressed or, or pain. Yeah. Um, there's just all different things that can be involved. Mm-hmm. That's good. Give people the benefit of the doubt. This one, oh my gosh, understanding right that hurt people hurt people. That yeah. there's a reason, you know, when yeah. people are mean and crazy, like there's something going on, you know. And to be able to step back and just go, okay, wait a minute, love is their truest state. So if they're outside of that, mm-hmm. then you know something else is going on. Um, and I love. Even with our kids, like you mentioned, with teenagers or with kids, you know, kids are making crazy decisions just like we do as well. But but just believing the best, believing um, the best, you know, seeing the best yeah. in people. So good. One of my um, really you, good friends, Amy, says that a lot. She's like, look for the best and leave the rest. And that goes with yeah. everyone. And I just add, leave the rest with grace. You know, I yeah. just, I've seen this a lot, especially at my retreats where I might have someone, you know, show up who just seems a little um, distant or off-putting or maybe even borderline rude or grumpy. And it comes to find out almost every single time, you know, halfway through the the journey of the retreat, they're the person that's hurting the most, right? They're the one that brought, they're the one that brought the most pain with them to our space. And that is usually the case when you meet someone who um, upset, whatever that looks yeah. like, mean, yeah, you know, whatever. They're just very, they're just in that really kind of that space of, oh my goodness, this doesn't feel good. And so they're usually the ones that are hurting the most and actually need the most love. That doesn't mean yeah. you have to stick around and be abused and, and verbally beat up or whatever, but it does mean that they need your prayers or your thoughts or you to send them love again, even if it's from a distance. So yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a good one. So good. You know, I, I think about the power of acknowledging their pain. So often people will mm-hmm. um, try to say, I love you or give them a get, you know, they're trying to pour love on somebody who's deceiving. And and sometimes the best mm-hmm. thing you can do is to acknowledge their pain. Like, I see, man, you are hurting there. You know, how can I support yeah. you in that? How, what can I do? Um, no good. To, so it's just so important that we have each other to help um, heal, you know, the world, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, such a need. And I want to talk about one more, uh, making decisions <laughs> without the money. Mm. Um, right? um, so when making decisions, strip away money and other people as contributing factors, make your decision as if money were not an obstacle and your decisions wouldn't hurt anyone else. Tell us about that. Has yeah, that been a part of your way to gut? It, it really has. So this is, this is one of the ways that I try to incorporate love into my decision-making process okay. um, because we, 
go through life, obviously, every day we make a decision. I mean, every day, everything is really a decision. It's either a decision of perspective or a decision of action or both. And so when I try to make decisions, I try to strip, like, if I'm going to make it, since you brought it up, if I'm going to make a decision in my business, for instance, I'm going to incorporate maybe a new style of retreat or a new program. In order for me to not come from an ego place, not come from a self serving place, which never goes to our highest good, and, 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 and to really come from a place of love, I have to strip away the money factor, like the what's in it for me money factor. By the way, money is great. I'm open to receive. If anybody wants to send me money, they're welcome to. That's yeah. not what you know, this, is. this is. This is more like the self-serving, how can I just make money, you know, kind of that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so stripping away that, as well as people as far as comparing or judging or um, what someone else is doing, right? Mm-hmm. I want to I make a decision as if none of that mattered. What, how can I serve and how can I love in this XYZ I want to do? The money will come. The rest yeah. of this stuff is what it is. But how can I make this decision with love being the primary source? And then for me and my business, it also happens to be serving people. Like if I combine those two factors and I align with that, then I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. As soon as I start thinking, well, can I make a lot of money in this? Well, am I going to, you know, I mean, of course, in business, you have to think of how your business is going to flourish. But if that's your primary factor, then you're setting yourself up for a different kind of failure. Yeah. Um, and, and that yeah. includes the failure to love. And that's really what we're all here for. Right. And also that limitation. So on the other side of am I going to make money is that do I have enough money? You know, I had to learn how to mm-hmm. step out by faith and believe that the resources were going to be there for me to be able to serve at the level of mm-hmm. service that I was you know, feeling led to serve at. And, and I, both of us can honestly say every time you step out by faith, believing that the resources are going to be there, the resources come. And so we can always. Um, always always it's so amazing so and what an honor what an honor that you get to like take that vision you have a you have an amazing vision um but you you get to see that vision and put it on paper and actually move into it without limitations like nothing has to limit you unless you allow it to limit you so um you're a great example of that it's awesome Thank you. Yeah, I think we all, you know, can, we're all susceptible to letting fear and past beliefs hold us back on anything, business or otherwise. And so sometimes as long as you you strip away those factors in your mindset and really focus on, you know, love and and serving and fulfillment, the answer is usually there. And if not, then you, you you know, work with your resources, whether it's the people in your tribe or or your spouse or or prayer or meditation or journaling or whatever your process is, to try yeah. to strip away those things and really align yourself, then then you, you'll, you'll get yourself in the place you're supposed to be. Yeah, so good. I was going to ask you what keeps you inspired um, or motivated or living, you know, um, such a full throttle life. But I, well, I can hear the answer, but go ahead and say that last. What keeps you inspired? It is, <laughs> it is, it is connection and love, but it's also creation. Like this is just the real world answer. I love creating. If I'm in a creative space, I'm not in a comparing space because comparison can tear us all down, right? So creation and connection, like I love going to retreats and connecting with other women and, and the creation process of getting to that place and then creating the energy while we're there. So for me, it's connection and creation, which all, all of it is inspired by love. 
absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it does really those so two things that keeps me going. Like you just, I mean, it just, it's, it's my fuel, right? It's yeah. just my fuel. Yeah. I always talk about the creative flow when the creative flow isn't there, when it shuts down, that is evidence that you're disconnected from love. That's so, um, so cool that you said that. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. It makes life so fulfilling. Talking about play yesterday, how important it is to play and to create like a little kid, you know, once that wonderment goes away, we're, we're dying instead of living. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. You absolutely just nailed it. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have a message for the world that you carry each day? Or how do you want to be remembered? Those might be the same. Yeah, that's um, my, I guess my message to the world and then also to be remembered is that we each carry the power within us to do what it is we desire. Mm-hmm. It's within us. Yeah. Um, it's, it has nothing to do with any other outside factor, outside mm-hmm. person outside experience it's truly within us and I just for me I just want to help people tap into that that's it I I just if that's that's my my you know I'm god forbid pass away you know today or tomorrow I want people to go gosh you know Shannon help me see (laughs) let's not bring that into fruition but um I want people to be able to say yeah I'm all about speaking into existence I'm trying not to speak (laughs) that one into existence but I want people to be able to say you know that Shannon helped me see the power that I carry within me, you know, in yes. some way. It could be this, from the very smallest, which, by the way, that's just as important to right. some large thing. But whatever it is, like, I just, I, that's my, my mission. That's my motto. That's what I want to be remembered by. That's so good. That's so good. And what do you want to leave your kids? Um, you yeah. four, uh, you know, four kids. Yeah. Four kids and a granddaughter. And a um, granddaughter? Oh, my gosh, you got a granddaughter this year. That's right. What's her name? Yes, her name is Aniston. She's perfect. Yeah. You know, being a grandma, Stacey, you just wait, girlfriend, because uh, being a mom is such a beautiful gift. It re- I mean, it just is. It's, it's a gift that comes with pain and pleasure and laughter and tears and so much, but it is, it is truly such a beautiful gift. Being a grandmother, or I call it Nona just because of my Italian heritage and, and it's one of my favorite words is Nona, is mm. like, um, it's like a, another gift within a gift, but it's so, like, to be able to, you know, love on this child and then hand her back, you know, like, oops, you pooped your pants, here you go. Like, you get to do all the good stuff, all the fun yeah. stuff, all the spoiling stuff without the responsibility necessarily of you know, being completely responsible for this human being. So it's such a beautiful yeah. experience. You know, my thing for my kids, I just literally right before you and I had this um, this talk, I was with a client, and we were talking about, you know, her child is suffering in school. And, and you know, my thing is for my kids that, that I want for them so badly is to, to live a life that has really nothing to do with the external stuff. Like, for instance, when my kids go to school, it's not about the grades. It's about are they kind, are they respectful, and are they doing their best? Like, that's, that's my alignment for my kids. Everything mm-hmm. else is, is secondary. All my kids are not going to be straight-A students, you know, and mm-hmm. that's okay. School isn't going to be for everyone. Um, accounting isn't going to be for everyone. Going to college isn't going to be for everyone. Being artistic isn't going to be for everyone. And so my thing for my kids that I've always wanted them to live by is that, you know, they, they follow their passion that, that makes them feel good, 
it has to be self-sustaining because, yes, I want my kids to move out someday <laughs> and, yeah. and be able to sustain themselves. And I want it to be legal. I don't want them selling drugs in order to sustain themselves. Um, and a positive <laughs> contributor to society, for sure, yeah. in some way. Um, but they, they, you know, have to live in this state of, of kindness and compassion and respect for nature, for other human beings. And just doing their best, whatever that looks like. So I always joke around to wrap it all up. I always say, look, if my child plays the guitar at a coffee shop for the rest of their life and they make Mm -hmm. enough money to be able to do that, to sustain themselves, however that looks, and they're bringing joy to other people, and that's what brings them joy, man, I think that's beautiful. You know, and on the flip side, if a child decides they want to be president of the United States or whatever, that's beautiful, too, if that's what brings them joy. And so, you know, that's a really long-winded answer to your question. I don't know that it was wrapped up in a pretty bow, but I really do, you know, it's more about attributes for me and my children. I want them to live good lives with really strong attributes that make them good people. Mm-hmm. I don't, they don't have to be, you know, a, um, a prosperous, wealthy magnet or poor. Like that has nothing to do with it. I just want them to be good people. You know, I just, that's, that's my thing for them um, to live in a truth and be good people and yeah. feel good about it. Yeah. Well, that's kind of, they go together, right? They will be aligned yeah. with the truth of who they are in that place. So it's so cool. You are doing incredible work in the world, girl. She's got retreats. She's got masterminds, books, workshops, um, resource, online resources, right? Programs and things that people, people can mm-hmm. tap into. Um, so head on over to mind body complete and you can also.com and you can also look up Shannon on, um, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest. She's like everywhere. Are you, your mind body complete everywhere, right? Yeah. It's more, more or less like, okay. yeah, I don't do my personal name will not give you much at all, but if you do mind okay. body complete, Perfect. then yeah, that's where you'll get all the goodies. Okay. And she's giving us a discount code today. So whatever you purchase on the website, if you put the discount code, the change, one word, um, you get 10% off. Did you say that's so awesome? Yeah. 10% off. Yeah. So sweet. Thank you so much. All right. And to all of our listeners, if you are looking to get your story out into the world, you're ready to be seen, heard, published, um, you want to step up and serve at a higher, more authentic level, you can reach out to me at Stacy at StacyC.com. And Shannon, do you have any closing comments? Anything else you want to say before we sign off here? You know, Stacey, just thank you. Thank you so much for what you are doing um, and what this network is doing for those that are listening. The fact that you're promoting such goodness and light um, is such a beautiful thing, and I'm incredibly grateful. So thank you. Thank you. You're a blessing. Thank you. All right, people, until next Wednesday, remember to be the change that you're hoping to see in the world. Bye for now. Bye-bye.